0: Good morning, church. So very good to see you this morning. I love you. I love you. Not only do I love you, y'all, all all y'all, in this room and as a part of this church family, but I love God's family all throughout the world. Don't you? What what an amazing, an amazing family we get to be a part of, a global family, a multi-ethnic family family, speaking all different languages gathered this morning across the, the world to celebrate who we are and what we have in Jesus. And we get to be a part of that family. This weekend, we've had a medical mission conference that uh, we have been thankful to host uh, two years in a row now. And I'm so thankful uh, for these missionaries, doctors, nurses, medical care professionals, and, and others who have gone all over the world to to show people the love of Jesus. I'm so thankful that these are our brothers and sisters, and they inspire me. And I I hope that as we think about that this morning, and maybe hopefully you'll you'll go to one of the Bible classes this morning and and think more deeply about missions, I hope you'll realize that what, what compels a person to leave home and live as a foreigner and show the love of Jesus to their neighbors is what we're talking about this this year is faith. Faith is what compels us to do that. And when we say faith, again, as we said last week, it's not just what happens in our mind and in our heart. Faith is loving loyalty. It is pledging ourselves to Jesus to say, my life belongs to you, my love belongs to you, my loyalty belongs to you. It is this allegiance, it Is this fidelity, it is this faithfulness to say, I will go where you need me to go, I will do what you want me to do, I belong to you, Jesus. And that's not just for a select few group of Christians, these super Christians, it is for every single follower of Jesus, our loyalty must belong to him. That is what it means to have faith in Jesus. In fact, I would go so far as to say this, and this is kind of a bold claim, I understand, but if your loyalty belongs to Jesus, if your loyalty is to Jesus, then you are a missionary. I just want you to kind of marinate in that for a second. Just think about that for a second. If your loyalty is to Jesus, then you are a missionary if your loyalty is to jesus then you you have said that that you are going to live as a stranger a foreigner a sojourner wherever you are whether you go somewhere else or you stay where you were born Even if you stay in the the city and the country in which you were born, you stay as a foreigner. You stay as a sojourner. You stay as a stranger. And if you go somewhere else, you go and you be a stranger there. You be a foreigner there. You be a sojourner there because your citizenship belongs somewhere else. So if you are a Christian, if your faith is in Jesus, if your loyalty is to Jesus, then you are a stranger, a foreigner, a sojourner, an exile, wherever you are. And you have to think about yourself like that. And going further, you are on mission. You, you have been given, we have been given, a great commission by Jesus. We've been sent into the world to, to love, to do good. And to make disciples, to tell them the good news about Jesus. So if you stay in the the city and the state and the country in which you were born, you do so as a missionary. And if you go somewhere else, you go there as a missionary. But we don't always think about ourselves like that, do we? We think missionaries are a select group of people, and that's not to take away from what those that we call missionaries are doing, but I want us to adopt that mentality. Whether you, you go, and, and some of you need to go. I like you to stay here, but, but some of you need to go. And, and some of us need to encourage our kids to go, to go into all the world. And some of us need to stay, but if we stay, we stay as missionaries. But so often we, we don't think like this because we, we put so much emphasis in building our home, building our home, whether we mean a house or we mean a city or we mean a country and we want to make our home great and we want to make our home beautiful and we want to, we want to grow deep roots where we are. And We're not content to be exiles, Because an exile, a foreigner, a stranger, a sojourner is an outsider. And it's really hard to live as an outsider, to feel that way. In fact, the book of Hebrews, you could say, is written to a group of people that they were tired of feeling like outsiders, they were tired of being Christians. They were tired of giving their loyalty to Jesus if that meant that they had to live as strangers and foreigners and exiles and sojourners in the place that they knew, the place that they had grown up. This used to feel like home, but it didn't feel like home anymore, and they were tired of being outsiders, and they were tempted to go back to being insiders. And and maybe one of the themes, you could say, of the book of Hebrews is this idea that home is where the hope is. Home is where the hope is. We we, we often put all kinds of categories on that idea of home, don't we? Home is where the heart is, or home is where my family is, or home is where you hang your hat. But the book of Hebrews really is about home is where the hope is. Your home is still yet to come. So this is some of the phrases. These are some of the phrases that the book of Hebrews uses that I think is important for us to wrap our hearts and minds around. The book of Hebrews says, the world to come, the world to come will be subject to humanity. He says in in these opening chapters of Hebrews that the world as it is, is not really subject to us, but the hope is that the world to come will be subject to humanity. He, He talks about these better and abiding possessions in chapter 10, verse 34, and that's why we They were willing to joyfully accept the plundering of their property because they knew that they had better possessions, abiding possessions, that no one could steal or take away from them. Our hope is that chapter 11, verse 35, that we will rise again to a better life. This is our hope. Chapter 12 and verse 27, shakable things, the shakable things of this present life and world will be removed. But the hope is that the unshakable things, the unshakable things will remain like this kingdom that we are receiving. We are receiving an unshakable Kingdom. And that's why, again, this year we're talking about this unshakable commitment that we have in response to God's unmerited favor. That God has shown us unmerited favor and in response we have an unshakable commitment to him because our hope is unshakable. Our home is Is unshakable. The kingdom we are receiving is unshakable. And then finally, chapter 13 and verse 14 we seek the city that is to come. And that's going to be pertinent for today's lesson. That our city, our city, is not one of these shakable cities. Every city you've ever set foot in is a shakable city. It can be shaken, it can be destroyed. And one day, it will be. It doesn't matter how big, and rich, and powerful a city is, or thinks that it is. Jerusalem was a glorious city, and it was shakable. Rome was a glorious city, and it was shakable. But our city, the city that is to come, is unshakable. That is our hope. And that is our home, because our home is where our hope is. So if you have your Bible, look at Hebrews chapter 11 and verse 8. Here's what the Hebrew writer says about Abraham. By faith, that is because of Abraham's loyalty to God, by faith Abraham obeyed when he was called to go out to a place that he was to receive as an inheritance. And he went out. He left his home, and he went to the land of Canaan because he was told that this was going to be his inheritance. And he went out, not knowing where he was going. By faith, he went to live in the land of promise, as in a foreign land, living in tents with Isaac and Jacob, heirs with him of the same promise. Do you hear what he's saying? He's saying, God said, This land is yours, but yet when he went there, he lived like a stranger, like a foreigner, like an exile. And his son lived that way, and his grandson lived that way. They lived as foreigners in the land that God said, this land is yours. But none none of the things that were established there were theirs. They knew these cities aren't ours. These aren't our cities. These houses, they're not our houses. These buildings, they're not our buildings. And so they lived like strangers there. They didn't really put down roots there. They lived in tents there. And what is it that, that the Hebrew writer is saying to his audience? He's saying, yes, it's true. It's true what Jesus says, the meek will inherit the earth, but not these cities, not these buildings. You have to be content by faith to live as exiles, You have to be content to live as strangers. You have to live as foreigners, even in this place that you know, the place where you were born. You have to live as an outsider here. You have to live as a foreigner here, just like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. Verse 10, for he was looking forward to the city that has foundations, whose designer and builder is God. That's what loyalty to God compels us to do. That's what faith compels us to do, is to wait for that city, the city that is to come, the city that is lasting, the city that is better, the city that is abiding, the city that is unshakable. And he says, Abraham and Isaac and Jacob, they were waiting for that city. They were surrounded by towns and villages and cities that weren't theirs, They didn't try to take them and make them great and make them beautiful and grow down deep roots there. They said, this is is our promise, but we're waiting for a better city, an abiding city, a lasting city. And again, what is the Hebrew writer saying to his audience? If you have loyalty to God, if you have faith in God, you need to do the same you need to consider yourself to be foreigners here. And be content to be an outsider. You need to be content living in tents. You need to be content knowing that these cities around you are shakable cities. They're not lasting cities, but you have a city that is to come. Verse 11, my faith Sarah herself received power to conceive even when she was past the age since she considered him, God, faithful who had promised. Therefore, from one man and him as good as dead were born descendants as many as the stars of heaven and as many as the innumerable grains of sand by the seashore. I want you to see something that we're going to explore a lot this year. That same Greek word, the same root word, that, that we translate as faith, by faith Sarah, is the same word, same root, where it says she considered him, God, faithful. The Greek word is pistis. Pistis. So our faith is a response to God's faith, or God's faithfulness. Or in other words, our faithfulness to God is a response to his faithfulness to us Sarah was faithful to God she was loyal to God because she knew that God was loyal she held on and trusted why because she knew that God was trustworthy that's why faithfulness is so much more than just something that happens in your mind and in your heart it's about faithfulness It's about fidelity, it's about allegiance, it's about about loyalty. And when you are faithful to God, it's because you know that God can be trusted. You know that God is faithful, and if he makes a promise, he will keep his promise, even when that promise seems absurd, absolutely absurd, like this little old couple Him as good as dead, her so old that she's way beyond the childbearing years. And you know if God promised, even if it seems absurd, it's going to be a reality. And that's that's the heart of loyalty, is that we are loyal to God, not just because we're such great people. It's not because we're such great people. It's because we know that he's such a great God. That we know he is faithful and he will always keep his promises. Verse 13. These, Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Sarah, these all died in faith, not having received the things promised. Read that phrase again. Not having received the things promised, but having seen them and greeted them from afar and having acknowledged that they were strangers and exiles on the earth. He says, they spent their whole lives. They lived and breathed and worked and died. And at their death, they still hadn't received what God had promised. Why? Because he said, Abraham... Isaac, Jacob, you will inherit this land. This land will be yours and your descendants. But when they died, it wasn't theirs yet. They could see it way off in the future. And that's what loyalty is, isn't it? That's what faith is. It's living in the present in light of what you know the future holds because God has promised it. And Abraham and Isaac and Jacob and Sarah, they lived their lives knowing that God is going to come through. God is going to give us what he has promised. But they themselves didn't get to see it with their eyes. They only saw it by faith. And they lived and died in faith. And again, what's the point? Why is this writer saying this to his audience? Why is this preacher saying this to his listeners? Because we are all strangers and exiles on the earth. Everything we see around us that seems solid, that seems glorious, that seems trustworthy. We're all tempted to put our loyalty and our faith in these things, aren't we? Say, this will always be here. This is a rock I can trust in and stand on. His audience was tempted to put their Faith in, give their loyalty to places like Jerusalem, to the temple. But he wanted them to understand: the temple is shakable. Jerusalem is shakable. Your city, the city that is to come, the new Jerusalem, the heavenly Jerusalem, that that city is unshakable. And right now you have to be content to live as a foreigner. You have to be content to live as an exile. You have to be content to live as a sojourner. These aren't your cities. This isn't your home. You're here and you've got to live and maybe even die by faith. Loyal to God, knowing that even if I don't see it in my lifetime, it will come to pass. Why? Because God is loyal, because God is faithful, because God keeps his promises. Verse 14. For people who speak thus, make it clear that they are seeking a homeland. Hold on to that, we'll come back. If they had been thinking of that, Land from which they had gone out, they would have had opportunity to return. People like Abraham were homesick. Homesick. But not not the place where he was born, Ur of Chaldees. Not not there, because if he was homesick for that place, he could go back to that place. But he was homesick for a future place. In fact, this phrase, seeking a homeland... The the Greek word for homeland is patris, patris. I think that's the next slide. And I want us to know that because it's the root word of our words like patriot or patriotic or patriotism, patris. Why? Because it's a loyalty to your homeland, a loyalty to your fatherland. That's what it is to be patriotic, right? It is to be loyal to your homeland. Well, Abraham lived as a person whose homeland he had never seen. It wasn't the place where he was born. And in a way, it wasn't even the place where he resided because he had to reside there as a stranger and a foreigner. Because the city he was looking for was a city that was yet to come. And and again, why is the Hebrew writer saying this to his audience? Because he's saying to them, Jerusalem isn't your patrice. Jerusalem isn't your homeland. The land of Israel as it is, this is not your homeland. Rome is not your homeland. And this is a a lesson that every single generation of the church has to learn. Your patrice, your homeland, your fatherland, is not in any of these cities that can be seen. It's not in any of these countries that can be seen. Not even, dare I say, even in the state of Texas, it's not even the state that you can see. You have to be so very careful that you don't make this city or this state or this country your patrice. This is not your homeland. This is not your fatherland. We are waiting for our homeland. Home is where our hope is. Here, in this city, in this land, in this state, we live as foreigners. We live as exiles. We live as strangers, just like Abraham and Isaac and Jacob. He was, the Hebrew writer, was encouraging his audience, be loyal. And this is what loyalty looks like. Loyalty looks like your loyalty belongs to Jesus, not to this place. Because eventually, not too long after this, Jerusalem would be attacked and destroyed. And even the Jewish, the Jewish Christians were not to fight to defend Jerusalem. Why? Because that is not your patrice. That is not your homeland. That is not where your loyalties lie. Your loyalties lie in the city that is to come. Verse 16. But as it is, they desire a better patrice, a better country, a better homeland that is a heavenly one from heaven. Therefore, God is not ashamed to be called their God for he has prepared for them a city. That's good news, isn't it, church? Because everywhere we look, every other Patrice, every other homeland, every other country is shakable. It's temporary. It's fading away. But we are waiting for a heavenly Patrice. We are waiting for a heavenly homeland, a heavenly city, a city that is unshakable. And God says it's yours if, if, if you trust me, if you're loyal to me, then I'm not ashamed to be your God. And I've prepared for you this city. And this city is yours, and you will inherit this city. But you have to remember who you are right now. You have to remember where your loyalties lie right now. Be like Abraham. Be like Isaac. Be like Jacob. It would have been really easy, wouldn't it? If you were one of these men to say, well, this is our land, we're going to take it, we're going to build our city, but instead they lived as strangers, even in the land that was promised to them. For generations, they lived in a land as strangers, and the Hebrew writer is writing to his audience saying, you must have the same kind of loyalty and faith, hold on, wait for the Lord, He will give you everything he's promised. You have a city. But this, Jerusalem, is not your city. Rome is not your city. Antioch is not your city. Your homeland, your fatherland, your city is still yet to come. Hmm. It's a lot to apply, isn't it? Our loyalty is to Jesus rather than a place on a map. Our loyalty is to Jesus rather than a place on a map. That was true for Abraham. His loyalty was to God, to Yahweh, rather than a place on a map. That was true for the Hebrew writer and for the writer to the audience in the first century. Their loyalty was supposed to be to Jesus rather than a place on a map. And that has to be true for us today. So what would happen if we adopted this mentality? If our loyalty truly was to Jesus rather than a place on a map? Well, it'd be a whole lot easier to go into all the world and preach the gospel, wouldn't it? If we really believe this, if we really embrace this, then so many more of us would go into the world to preach the gospel, to take the love of Christ to all the nations and all the peoples. Why? Because our loyalty is to Jesus, not to any particular place. And so we would go and we'd preach the gospel in every country because in every country, we're no more or no less a foreigner or a stranger than we are right here. If we really embrace this, then our brothers and sisters, our brothers and sisters, in every nation, of every tribe, of every language, would be truly our compatriots. Our compatriots. Who are your compatriots? It's the people who share your loyalties, who are loyal to the same fatherland, who are loyal to the same patrice, who are loyal to the same homeland. Who are those people? Christians, followers of Jesus. If someone is a follower of Jesus and lives on the other side of the world and speaks a language other than the one I speak, looks very different, comes from a very different culture, that's my family, that's my brother, that's my sister. Even more so than someone that lives in the same country as me but doesn't follow the same king as me. Do we really think that way though? We say it, we say those are our brothers and our sisters. But have we embraced that reality? Because our loyalty is to King Jesus rather than a place on a map. If we really embrace this reality, then even people who are not followers of Jesus, no matter where they're from, they are neighbors. They are neighbors, no more no less than anyone else. Why? Because our loyalty is not to a place on a map. Our loyalty is to King Jesus. And so wherever a person is from, whatever language they speak, whatever their culture, whatever their background, they're our neighbors. We're thankful to love them and show them the love of Jesus. It would change so much about the way we live our lives, wouldn't it? That's why it's so important that we embrace this reality. That faith isn't just about what you believe is going to happen when you die. Faith isn't just about your personal religion. Faith is about your loyalty. Who who has your loyalty? Where do your loyalties lie? Because we face every single day things that test our loyalties. And we constantly have to decide, where do my loyalties lie? If we're followers of Jesus, then our home is where our hope is. And our loyalty is to Jesus rather than a place on a map. And so many of us, if we embrace this reality, we'd be teaching our kids, go into all the world and preach the gospel. We'd be loving the church, the global church better We'd be loving our neighbors better if this is where our loyalties lie. See, this is the commitment that we made when we were baptized, whether we knew it or not. Maybe we just knew that Jesus was going to wash away our sins, and that's true. And maybe we knew that God was going to give us the gift of the Holy Spirit, and that's true. But we were also pledging ourselves to him. We were saying, I will take up my cross and follow you. My citizenship now is in the heavenly city. Now my home is there. Now my loyalty is there. Now my allegiance is to you, King Jesus, and to your kingdom. And my brothers and sisters, my family is your people, wherever they're from. And my neighbor is everyone. That's the commitment we were making when we became followers of Jesus. But constantly, voices around us keep telling us to shift Our allegiance and our loyalty, and maybe some of us have. Maybe some of us are ready to pledge ourselves and our commitment and our love and our life and our loyalty to King Jesus by being baptized. But maybe some of us just need to recommit ourselves to King Jesus and to His into His kingdom. But maybe you just need prayers and encouragement because it's tough being an outsider sometimes, isn't it? It's tough being an outsider. And sometimes we want to shift our allegiance so that we can feel like an insider again. And let the writer of Hebrews encourage you, don't do that. Hold on to King Jesus and let him be the one to whom you commit your undying, unshakable loyalty. And if we can help you with that in any way, shape, or form, our shepherds would love to meet with you or you can come forward now. As together we stand sing this song.